My name is Bethany Hegener. This is the story of my friend and past roommate Marley Schmidt about her experience freshman year at Greenville University. Marley Schmidt, I'm 20 years old. I'm a senior and I'm elementary education major. So March, my freshman year, I one night I was with my friend and we decided that I would just take a pregnancy test just to see. Um, and it turned out positive. So I was 19 years old, my boyfriend is 17 years old, and we found out we were going to be parents. My thoughts when I saw that the test was positive, I my mind was just kind of blank. Um, it, it was one of those things where I just felt out of my body. So I instantly thought I accepted it. And then a few minutes later, I realized that this was actually happening. Um, that this wasn't some character in a movie, that this was actually my life that this was happening to. And I just instantly started crying. I thought I had my life kind of planned out, and then just two lines completely changed every plan that I had made. Um, and it was scary knowing that I had to tell my family and tell my boyfriend and his family and everyone else because um, teen pregnancy is taboo subject as it is, but um, with my boyfriend still being in high school, it was definitely something that we wanted to keep quiet for a while. There was a time where I was just very regretful, and I, I didn't know. I had no idea what to do. There were several times where I thought I'd made a mistake. I mean, I've had looks that I've taken as judgmental. Maybe it's just me being sensitive, but it, it, I, it was going to be very scary to come out to people in Greenville because I did expect a lot of judgment, but I did tell my professors because I missed a lot of school and they were all so supportive, so supportive. But some negative experiences I did have, when people started pressuring us to um, seek out other options besides keeping the baby, um, that's when it really started to get difficult because I never thought I would have to actually contemplate those things. My boyfriend's family was definitely the hardest group of people to tell. They viewed me and him, but mostly me, very, very, very differently. Um, instantly, they would look at me and they would say, I, I trusted you. I thought you were better. Um, like, you, you did this on purpose. I got blamed for something that I wasn't the only one that was part of this. But the way that they viewed it was, you took my son's innocence. You made him a father when he's still in high school. They were talking about legal issues, how um, he was 17, I'm 19. That could get me in so much trouble. They tried to push adoption, abortion on me finally just kind of said, I'm, I'm done. I said that a teacher can never support a kid with that salary, and we're not even old enough to be paying taxes, so how can we support a kid, and who's paying for it? And there are so many things, when I think about it now, that I wish I would have just yelled back at them. When somebody says so many hateful things to you when you're in such a vulnerable situation, it's, for me, it's something that I just can't forgive ever, no matter how hard I want to. It was... 
unbelievable how cruel people can be just because life isn't turning out the way they wanted it. There are so many times where I just wanted to say, like, do you think I planned for this? Do you think I want to keep Colton from going to college? And Colton and I tried to work through it. My boyfriend and I tried to work through it. Our sonogram was actually, our first sonogram was actually supposed to be on May 5th. Um, In a few hours before, we got a phone call that said that my doctor was actually in a car accident and that she wouldn't be able to see me that day. Um, And I was crushed because I'd been waiting, I'd been counting down the days until I'd get to see my baby with my boyfriend and the baby's daddy, and I was so excited. Um, And so I was devastated. But as soon as we got that phone call that said that she couldn't see me that day, I knew I knew that it was, there was just a gut feeling that something was not right. So he took off school that day. I took off classes and we were ecstatic. It was my boyfriend, me and my mom drove an hour to the sonogram. Um, My boyfriend and I were very nervous because we just, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't, it had never felt real and it was finally going to get real for us. Um, so we get into the doctor's office and actually the nurse who called me back and was going to do the sonogram was actually my neighbor, which really surprised me, um, freaked me out instantly because like nobody's supposed to know this, but, um, like nobody was supposed to know that I was pregnant and now my neighbor did. And, but so she reassured me like confidentiality, we're going to be okay. And. So my neighbor took me back and started doing the sonogram, um, asked me how far along I was. I really knew that something was going to be wrong. I just had a gut feeling. Um, She puts the gel on my stomach and starts doing the ultrasound and me and my mom and my boyfriend are looking at the screen and looking at the nurse's face and she's looking very concerned and I'm noticing that um, I'm not seeing a lot on the screen. I saw fluid and I saw just a little, little, little bit of something. And that instantly worried me when I saw her face because I knew she was seeing what I was seeing. I knew that my worst fear had absolutely come true. They dragged me into a waiting room And I mean, me, my mom, my boyfriend, we're all crying. We're, we don't want to hear the words. We know what's happened, but we don't want to hear the words. We didn't want to be there. My doctor walked in that I'd been so excited to meet because my mom, she'd helped deliver me and all of my sisters. And she walked in with a big folder and she looked at me and said, I really wish we were meeting on better circumstances. And that's when the three of us just, it, it sunk in. We lost it. Um, I started screaming, no. She calmed me down. Super, super, super nice nurse. My emotions at that time were that I was not going to leave the office alive. Um, I, I instantly felt guilt and shame 
like, how could I have done this? I couldn't even keep an unborn baby alive. Like my body had one job. And I mean, getting all of those negative reactions at the beginning. And I had so many nights where I would just scream. I couldn't eat. I was just terrified that I was going to be a single mom at 20. My family has support, but not have the baby's dad, not have his family. I mean, there were so many factors that I still believe to this day played into the miscarriage. So after we got the blood work back, that confirmed that I still was pregnant. After she said that I had miscarried, my body just hadn't let go yet. So the baby was still in my stomach, but um, there was just no sign of life. My body just didn't want to let go, which I thought was very fitting. And so they said, I'll give you two options. You can, you can have this baby at home um, with you and your family, or which would be a very painful. And she said that, you know, she gave me these two options of having the baby at home or, or having a surgery to have it removed. But it really wasn't much of a choice because she pretty much told me um, that, in the mental state that I was in, I wouldn't have been able to handle it at home. On the way home, the first person I called was my roommate and told her to tell my other roommate just because they were the first people that knew I wanted. I mean, everybody had expected this. Today was the day I was going to get to see a picture. Um, so I didn't want those texts asking for the pictures. So. I got that news out there very fast to the people who did know um, that I was pregnant. I called my sisters. One was at college and one was working and I didn't get any words out. It was just crying. And then they were crying because they just, all I could say was gone. The look on the nurse's face is when they hear that they're gonna be doing this DNC procedure, um, like removing this baby from my stomach they don't picture a 19 year old. They walk in and they just shake their heads. And I had three nurses cry. I had them tell me, you're so young and um, things that I didn't want to hear because I already knew. At 19 years old, they were handing me pamphlets that I have to decide within the next 10 minutes without the baby's father because he was in classes in high school, I had to figure out what I wanted to do with this baby. So going in, I was there for two hours getting prepped for the surgery. There were several nurses that came in and told me I went through the same thing when I was your age. Um, my kid would have been 12 now. And um, just to see that those people have survived that is absolutely amazing. Because at that time I was thinking, I don't know how I'm going to survive another day. How am I going to survive to see the day when my kid was supposed to be 12? Um, so I go into the surgery and I'm laying on the table, terrified. Like this isn't supposed, this isn't how my baby is supposed to be born. I had three nurses over me, strapping my arms and my legs down. I had a doctor who was prepping the prepping the gas to knock me out. And something that I'll remember as I'm laying there crying, shaking my head. I mean, they asked me what's wrong and like, 
are you okay? What's going on? I just said this shouldn't be me. Like, this shouldn't be happening. And I'll never forget the only thing I, when they put that gas mask on me, I was conscious for about three more seconds, but I remember them looking at my feet. I had hospital socks on and they looked at my feet and they made a comment about how they've never seen socks so big on somebody's feet during one of these surgeries. The next few days were just recovery, which wasn't much of a recovery. Everything went very smoothly. I didn't want to sit down. The next day, my boyfriend and I just kind of tried to pick up where we left off with life. And we went on a date the very next day, 12 hours after my surgery, even though I wasn't really supposed to. We just kind of wanted to pretend like this was all just a dream, I guess. After losing this baby, I've been told, now you can do it right. Now you can get married, be a little older and try again. And like, don't worry, someday you're gonna have another one um, as if it will just be replaced. Now you can finish college. It's okay to be angry with God. The baby's in heaven now. I mean, all these things that are supposed to be supportive, most of them, they just don't mean anything. They really don't. Today, this very day, I, I still have gotten shamed today. I was told not to share that I was pregnant and that I had a miscarriage. I was told by these people that um, I wanted, I was doing this because I wanted attention. The only reason I would ever share that on social media was because I wanted attention. They said, can't we just forget about this? It's hard for me to understand because um, I'm not in their shoes, but that's the way I viewed it and still view it. I went ahead and posted it anyway, knowing that I was going to lose those relationships. And by sharing my story, I have lost a lot of relationships. Sharing my story has been so worth it, even though I have lost so many relationships. I've had dozens of girls who have messaged me their stories and told me that they've gone through the same thing and they've never told anybody about it um, because they knew that that wasn't what you did. You, you kept quiet about it. You had the miscarriage. You tried to act like nothing ever happened and you just try again someday. And that's how, that's how it's viewed. People say you, you just want attention if you do it. Um, I really did share my story because I, so badly after it happened, all I wanted was for someone who had had a miscarriage to talk to me. I wanted them to tell me that I was going to survive, even if I didn't want to. I didn't have a choice, that I would have a future. Yeah, none of it's, none of it's been easy. Like, I know it's a topic that isn't ever talked about. Some people don't talk about it with me don't mention it because they think it'll hurt my feelings because they don't want to bring up bad memories, which is sometimes true. But most of the time, um, at least with my experience, I think that people with miscarriages really, all they want is to know that people still remember. After the miscarriage, this recovery, if you can call it that, it doesn't end. It really doesn't. Um, there's some days where it's easier. There's some days where I can't even get out of bed. 
but surviving is the important part. I would tell someone who is going through something like this to tell somebody to not keep your story to yourself, not only because keeping the story to yourself is harmful for your mental health, but you don't realize how many people need to hear your story. It's not a rare thing. After sharing my story, I've noticed a lot more people, um, five people just who I graduated with who have shared their miscarriage stories that have happened in the past year. And I like to think that I had to do with that, that if I hadn't have shared my story, then maybe they hadn't either. Um, it's okay to share your story. It's okay to not share your story. Um, but don't not share your story just because you feel that that's not what you're supposed to do. My goals now, my main goal every day is just to survive, to not let that, to not let my past consume me, to not let what my future will be consume me. My goal is to focus on the present day by day and just survive day by day. I would tell somebody who is encouraging this message of stay pure, shoving that down women's throats, I would say if you want to stay pure and you feel that that is helping your relationship with God or with your boyfriend or with your family or whatever reason you have, then stay pure. But if, if, you, if you don't want to, then don't. I got pregnant. Even after losing this baby, I have zero regrets. Having, being pure, it shouldn't really matter to the people that truly love you, including God. I do not feel unpure because I had premarital sex. If there was a crowd of people and I was told to pick out the ones who had had premarital sex, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I really would just say fuck off, so be supportive. They need your support. It could be all the difference between their life, between the baby's life. Give them all your support, even if you don't want to, even if you feel like they don't deserve it. They need your support. Since all of this has happened, it is so easy to surround myself with negativity. Every time I open social media, something triggers me. And I've learned that I can control that. If those are things that make me upset, stop getting on social media. Surround yourself with people and things that actually do encourage you. Like, I'm in charge of this. I've read a lot of scripture. I've read a lot of quotes just on Pinterest, poems that just give hope, that tell me that, um, that I'm not nothing. Thoughts that sometimes run through my mind after going through something like this, um, that I won't survive another day. I just like quotes that reassure me that I'm not everything that sometimes that I think I am. So I think it's really important to surround yourself with with those things. It may seem like something little, but it really does make all the difference.